Welcome to the Armchair Trader podcast. Today, we're talking about the mining industry and specifically Cloudbreak Discovery, a recently listed mining company um, in London, but it is a lot more than just a mining company. All the way from Vancouver, uh, we have its CEO, Kyla Hardy, who will be telling us a little bit more about that. Welcome to the show, Kyla. Thanks, Stuart. Pleasure to be here. Um, We've got quite a lot to cover today. Um, uh, Cloudbreak is uh, quite a very interesting company in many respects because it it's not just one miner. There's a lot more under the hood than, than say, just a single mining project. As I've said already, uh, recently just came on to the London Exchange. But can you can you give us a quick summary of Cloudbreak, what it is in reality? Absolutely. Cloudbreak Discovery is uh, what we call a project generator. So you, you had a really good note there that the uh, it's, it, it is different than your, your typical one project, one company sort of uh, sort of a concept, which we see quite a lot of. Where we go out and generate um, ideas, basically, we use data to generate new mining projects, exploration assets, and uh, and then work with a partner to advance that asset. So we'll come up with the idea, we'll put the project together, and then we do a deal um, in order to uh, to get the project advanced in conjunction with um, using their uh, their technical teams and their uh, and their balance sheets. To do that, we retain uh, equity interests, cash payments, and uh, and royalties at the end of the day. So we're organically generating our own royalties, which you know, fingers crossed, if there's a major discovery, we'll eventually get paid on those. So really, what you're bringing to the table here is is your expertise, your knowledge of the market, your ability to look at what is effectively the global mining space, sort of zero in on, on potential projects. And then the next step is you bring in a partner, it's obviously not always the same partner, it depends on, on that particular project. Who will then do? Oh, I can use the phrase the grunt work of, of the prospecting and the digging and the drilling and, and everything else, developing it. Exactly. Yeah, that's uh, that's a that's broken down really nicely. That's uh, it's not always the same uh, uh, partner. We try and diversify our partner base as much as possible, and you know, make sure that we uh, we give everybody a good project. And it, and this this obviously depends on on having a good. Um, I guess two things which spring to mind immediately. One is having a really good network of relationships within the mining industry. And then secondly, a really first-class team of mining professionals who who understand what they're doing, understand the, the geological data, and understand the various markets for, for um, metals, minerals, um, that you're prospecting for. Yeah, and it's 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 interesting. Um, Cloudbreak, we're we're pretty fortunate to have a a well diversified team. It uh, it looks like a small team on surface, but when you start to actually understand all of the components and the people involved, it uh, it, it it gets bigger very very quickly. And um, again, you're right. It's uh, the geological component of it is is the really that's that's the driving force. So we can't do anything without the geologists. We need you know we need an opinion. We need uh, uh, ideas, but additionally, um, once you know, once they've analyzed the data, once they've you know, come up with a concept, we need the corporate uh, side of it to go out and sell the asset. And you're right; it is long history um, of being involved in the resource business that uh, we have these relationships that we can continue to go back to and propose new ideas to, and and really work as you know, work as partners with uh, with these people that we've fostered and built relationships with for 
man, now I guess uh, 16, 17 years. And when you're doing your, your research, what, what are your uh, sort of priorities? Um, I, know, I know a lot of the projects you're, you already have, um, some of which we'll talk about in a bit, are located in, in Canada. But when you're when you're looking at potential new projects, are you are you specifically looking at particular types of metal, particular parts of the world, uh, particular state? Um, you know, maybe something that's got some historical geology already, or is it proximity to a producing mine? I mean, what's your what's your priorities in that respect? So uh, that's a series of really good questions, and they'll give you a series of what I hope are good answers. Um, so we we start with a jurisdictional review. We're very heavily focused in Canada and the United States right now, although we do have a a holding in West Africa. But we've uh, we've made a decision to expand outside of North America here uh, in the in the coming year, and that's one of the reasons that we came to the uh, LSE in order to uh, diversify our geographic locations that we can go and access and have investors understand what we're doing. So we'll, we'll take a, a very much a, okay, where do we want to be? Okay, let's say Western United States. What kind of uh, good ideas are there there? Okay, copper. Let's focus in on copper. I think that's really topical right now as we've just uh, initiated an, a, an alliance uh, with uh, Alianza Minerals out of Vancouver here to generate new ideas in that space. So we go in, we've chosen the Western United States, we've chosen copper as the asset, and Right now, I'm just going to go on a little tangent here. We're very, very heavily focused on the battery metals, if you will, the um, for this green uh, revolution that's going on, the electrification of uh, the world, quite frankly, and or the re-electrification of certain areas of the world. And we deliberately steer away from the precious metals um, because we think that there's a better opportunity in, in things that are consumed rather than put away in a vault right now. So copper, silver, uh, lithium, nickel, cobalt, all of these uh, major components, iron ore, bauxite, all things used to, uh, to manufacture uh, cars and, uh, and batteries and build on, on the electrical grid. So that's, that's where we're focusing. And then once we, once we come up with a project, you know, or when we're looking at a project, it really is government data that we go after initially that helps us narrow it down from a very regional focus down to a more project level focus. And we're, we're extremely happy if there's previous work done on an asset, that way we can access that data and, uh, and have a good, uh, good look uh, under the hood. So we, we do know what we're, what we're going after. And we like data rich projects. It, um, it just speeds the whole process up at the end of the day. Obviously the partners you work with are really, really important to this process as well. And getting the right partner, once you've located a potential project, getting the right partner to work with you on that is, is absolutely critical. Can you say a little bit about the type of type of companies you work with in this respect? Absolutely, yeah. So right now we're primarily focused on working with um, junior explorers. And by junior explorer, I mean similar to what we discussed right off the bat, a uh, single project or maybe two or three projects not in production, uh, raising capital out of, the, uh, out of the junior markets, usually led by uh, an active management team that uh, is comprised of a, a number of technical people as well as a couple of corporate people. And they're, we're really heavily weighted into, into those currently. Our Part of our business plan and our business model really ties into the fact that we've got 
reasonable relationships with um, majors and mid-tiers who have large data vaults, who, and they haven't necessarily been using all that data. So our secondary piece here that will come into effect, we're anticipating over the next 24 months, we'll be really delving into uh, into those databases that the majors have in the mid-tiers and, and building assets or um, generating assets out of those. And then as a result, we'll have uh, much larger partners to, to help advance. And, and presumably you work really closely with these guys all the way through through the project. Uh, part, I guess that's part of your job is, is liaising with them and, and, and just staying on top of it and um, helping to manage it. We usually end up with a, with a fairly chunky equity uh, holding if, uh, if we do a, do a deal with one of these partners. And as a result, um, if, we, um, if we have an equity holding uh, in excess of 10%, we normally take a board seat. Uh, it's not a requirement, but you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a sizable investment for us at that point. And we want to lend a hand, but also you know, monitor our investment to make sure that we get the best result possible out of, uh, out of any of these assets. because we're not uh, we're not generating ideas for the for the heck of it we're we're generating ideas uh, to find a mine and can you can you just explain a little bit about how you end up monetizing the projects i know they're not all yeah. monetized the same way and it, go, it differs from project to project absolutely so uh, that's that's a really good point i think that's you know that's really one of the major differentiating factors between us and um, a lot of other well other juniors that are putting money into the ground rather than deriving revenue out of it right now. So we sort of, we've got three pretty defined monetization methods. And the first one is just option sale or joint venture of these, uh, of the projects to, uh, to another junior or mid tier that uh, we receive cash equity and a royalty for, and it can be a multi-year option or a multi-year earn-in or a flat-out sale. It's just very simple. I mean, we do those every day. The second one, and my personal favorite, and I think uh, is a really good opportunity to return capital to the shareholders, is via a spin-out or plan of arrangement. So let's say we end up with a number of uh, assets, all similar jurisdiction, all similar uh, commodity class. Uh, you know, you've got a variance of anything from exploration through to advanced exploration, we'll say, well, you know, there's a really good opportunity to put an independent company here. So we'll drop them into a subsidiary. We'll do a plan of arrangement or a spin out. We'll distribute part of that equity back to our shareholders and we'll retain part of that equity in cloud break. So it's, it's, it is one method of returning capital to, uh, to shareholders. And, uh, we're really excited about, uh, about this, uh, the strategy now, and then that company moves forward with an independent board and an independent management team and technical team and finance themselves. And it's, it's its own company at that point. And uh, we usually list it on one of the exchanges, whether it's in Canada, whether it's in UK or Australia, sometimes even now the, the fourth method, and I did touch on this is mining the uh, mid tier and majors, their, um, their databases. So, We've historically been fairly successful at this, and that's uh, going in, locating an asset uh, with defined par- parameters we've given them, and then if they like it, they'll usually finance it through and uh, and push it through exploration. Where and that's where we retain uh, a, an ongoing interest in that asset, and and then they're the they're the partner advancing it. So those are the three methods we use, and all very distinct, and all have their their own. 
uh, ups and ups and downs, if you will, or positives and and negatives to them. And um, obviously, there are there are eight projects um, in the company at the moment, but that will obviously change over time as more come in. Can you tell us a little bit about um, some of those? Uh, certainly, the ones that are that are uh, of most interest um, right now. Definitely. So, I'll touch on uh, just to start our helium company that we've got uh, in uh, in here. It's called Imperial Helium. Recently listed in Canada um, on the TSX Venture. So we're a small shareholder uh, in in this one, about 1.25% of the uh, overall uh, equity. But we helped uh, incubate this from from the early days and built the management team. And they're out drilling now. It's um, you know they they listed about two months ago and are uh, and have initiated their first um, their first well on the Steveville asset. In the in 1940, I believe it was that asset blew out at a for a hundred days at 50 million cubic feet a day, uh, no water and uh, in it and uh, with 50 million cubic feet a day for for a hundred days is a very very substantial amount of gas. So what they've got there right now is uh, is a contingent resource of approximately one BCF, um, and they're hoping to prove that up as a minimum with uh, with a by drilling the, this first well and the second well, and then doing a production test on it for flow rates and um, and a gas analysis to put a resource around the whole thing. So, in the in the coming uh, coming couple of months here, I think that's going to be a very exciting story, and we're really really happy to be shareholders uh, in that uh, in that story moving forward. So, fingers crossed, and uh, for for the management over there, they're uh, they're a bunch of pretty smart technical guys. I think the other asset that I'd really like to touch on is Temas and the LaBlanche asset that we sold them, uh, I guess it was about a year ago now. And we, we hold quite a large position in that company. We own about 15%, maybe a little bit more. And uh, we, additionally, we own a royalty on, uh, on the LaBlanche asset. And we picked the LaBlanche asset up uh, out, out of another junior who was looking to reposition themselves. So we, paid a very reasonable price for it and uh, subsequently moved it on to Temas Resources, who this year is uh, actively um, going to be executing on updating a PEA and uh, and executing on metallurgy. And Temas has been very active uh, uh, here in the last couple of months, uh, completing a, uh, an earn-in agreement on, its, uh, on a boron um, asset in Serbia to go into PEA as well. So it's, uh, it's become a developer for lack of a better term and we're, we're really excited about it the the Blosh asset has a historic resource of just over 101 million tons of uh 18 uh titanium dioxide on it uh in quebec so the the management over there is extremely uh well suited to uh to advance both these assets and uh we're we play a very active role in that company as well, just uh, because it is such a large position for us, and because um, you know we we really want to see them uh, them succeed, and I uh, think we're well positioned to, to do that. And uh, maybe uh, maybe I'll just touch on the last group of assets, and that's um, a copper and silver portfolio that we generated for Norseman Silver, uh, again listed on the Toronto Venture Exchange, 
and um, they're going to be actively exploring uh, at least three of those assets uh, over the over the summer here in northern British Columbia. Yeah, like the, the Caribou, the Silver Switchback, and the Silver uh, Silver Vista are all uh, targets that they have uh, that we helped put together for them. And Copper Porphyry is what they're looking for, Copper Silver Porphyry, I should say. And uh, I think they've got a reasonable shot of uh, of making a discovery with the drill bit up there in the in the coming uh, year here. And, and you said that the the the, the sort of strategic focus um, at the moment is more onto those industrial metals that will benefit in in price from the move that we all anticipate to more green energy infrastructure globally. I mean, we're already seeing the the copper price moving to historic highs, and there's a lot of interest in. Uh, at the moment in the investor community from anything to do with battery materials. In Northman Silver, obviously, you've got that on the go, looking for copper. Um, Even silver, although it's precious metal, there's anticipation that some of that's going to have to go towards things like uh, solar panels that are being manufactured at at breakneck speed right now. It's fair to say, then, that you are uh, a lot of the projects either that you have on, on the go at the moment or that you possibly are keeping an eye out for in the future are going to be in that kind of space where where we are expecting to see much more of a, a premium pay for assets. Absolutely, yeah. So uh, we we take a very keen focus on uh, the battery metals, but all you know, I guess defined as uh, uh, the bulks, the base, uh, and the industrials is really what we go after. And uh, I like I like going after that broad segment because it's the commodities that are used every day off the market. They're taken off the market. Sometimes they're recycled. A lot of times they're not recycled. So there is, there's, there's a, there's a real demand for them because of uh, the usage of, of the material on a daily basis. And another thing I wanted to ask you was when, when you're participating in a project, it's not, it's not always a case where you're just taking a minority stake in a listed company. You are dealing with, potentially unlisted projects as well and taking quite big stakes sometimes absolutely yeah that's um we're very much fan of uh, fans excuse me of the uh pre-ipo stage of uh of companies and projects we think that there's really good opportunity to uh position ourselves and but also build uh substantial value before taking it to the market uh and really uh have, have a much higher realized gain once you do come to the market. So we're very familiar and very active in the, in the private space uh, and uh, advancement of projects privately. And, and the other thing I really wanted to ask you about, I mean, obviously you, um, most of these projects are in, in Canada. That's a very secure and very law abiding jurisdiction. Um, you have mentioned um, that, that there's one in, in West Africa as well. Can you say anything more about potential plans to, go more global with this and and, and um, look at other other projects in the future I know you can't go into massive detail um, as a listed company but uh, can you shed some light on on future strategy in that respect one of the reasons that we listed in London and not in in Canada uh, is because the UK investor understands Africa, I would say, better than the than a North American uh, based investor. It's just um, there's not a huge acceptance of uh, of uh, continent risk uh, here, where there seems to be much more uh, in the UK, even Europe. It's uh, it's uh, it's difficult for for Canadians to wrap their head around European projects. 
And so part of our strategy really is looking at West Africa in, in pretty great detail for opportunities that, uh, that present themselves there. So you know that uh, I, uh, my, my colleague Rory and I, we just got back from uh, the Ivory Coast and uh, had a really detailed view of a number of assets there. And uh, I think that's going to be one of the areas that we show pretty keen interest in, as well as we, we do have a history in Guinea, and uh, we're excited to get back there uh, once once we're able to travel again and uh, and look at a number of projects that have been stacking up on the uh, on the docket. So, Africa, specifically West Africa, is going to be a major push for us, and um, Europe as well. We see some really interesting opportunities across Europe. Uh, we'd really like to get involved with them, and again, it's just uh, it's a timing issue and. Uh, getting uh getting these um travel restrictions lifted and uh and just getting on with it again it's uh that's the only hold up right now is there is there um anything else you wanted to mention that i might not have touched on already no i think uh i think you covered it off nicely there Stuart. and uh this has been an absolute uh, absolute pleasure no thank you very much and uh i will obviously be uh paying close attention to future developments at uh, collaborate discovery um over the course of the summer and uh readers can catch up on those on the on the website as well um and uh we we're obviously looking forward to catching up with yourself uh, either in person or on the podcast uh, further down in the year much appreciated and yeah you just for your uh, for your listeners or i think we're going to have a very active summer and into the fall so uh do keep your eyes peeled for those uh press releases coming out fantastic thank you very much indeed kyla You've been listening to the Armchair Trader podcast. Make sure you visit our website, www.thearmchairtrader.com, for your daily dose of financial markets news and sign up to our free newsletter there.